the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. You can check us out and get our podcast at FiringLineRadio.com. Today we have a legislative update. We're going to talk with Rick Travis, the executive director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, about actually good news. That's what he briefed me on just a few minutes ago. Uh, th- that's an unusual thing when we're talking about California legislature and good news, So, um, or at least in the court system, I should say. But before we get into that, I wanted to announce that it is finally ready. The official bolt-action rifle, hunting rifle, of the Firing Line Radio Show. So this has been a collaboration of a lot of different people uh, designing this thing, putting it all together, and I am picking it up today. So I can't be more happy than that. What would we decide on? Well, we got a Remington 700 action. Why? Because they're very easy to work on, and when you have somebody like Jim Gruning of Gruning Precision, he can square it. He can do all the blueprinting on it, and uh, I've been posting pictures as he's been doing the work on this. It's really kind of interesting what they do. Far beyond my skill level set, which is basically a wood rasp and and um, bondo. That's that's my that's my machining abilities, but he takes care of all the metal side on that. We've got the proof research barrel went with a twenty eight inch, six point five caliber, uh, one and eight twist, five groove, twenty eight inch proof carbon barrel. The caliber I chose was a six point five STW. Now that might sound a little bit different, but it's basically a six point five three hundred Weatherby without the huge expense for brass. So you can make your own 6.5 STW, but you have to buy, at a huge price tag, 6.5 Weatherby brass. Of course, our stock is McMillan. I actually got the Sonoran camouflage pattern, but I got the Carbon Express uh, McMillan uh, Game Warden stock. It's going to be freaking gorgeous. And uh, Vortex Optics, I put the Vortex PST Generation 2, 5 to 25 second focal plane on that sucker. So it's going to be a super lightweight laser beam hunting rifle. I can't, I'll be posting some pictures on it as soon as I pick this sucker up, but very, very happy about that. Um, if you want any more information about those, uh, how to order them or, or uh, get a hold of Jim Gruning, we can do that for you. Gruningprecision.com or obviously just PM me and we'll uh, help you out with that. So it's, you have to reload too, but it's going to be an absolute dynamite. Uh, rifle shooting 120 grain bullet about 3,600 feet a second. 120 grain hunting bullet with a high BC about 3,600 feet a second. So, yeah, we won't have to hold over very much. I think it's a uh, 17 minutes of angle at 8,000 feet for a mile. So, <laughs> it's 
about as flat as you can get. Hey, um, so I'm bragging about that right now, Rick. Uh, you want one? Yeah, I want one. Okay. Well, you should get two. They're small. They're light anyway. Uh, folks, this is Rick Travis. He is the executive director of California Rifle and Pistol Association. And after I just did my bragging about what we've built here, and I can't wait to get that in the field, Rick, tell me what you've been busy doing. Well, we've been busy on a lot of fronts, as your listeners know, but one of the things I always love to be able to do is give good news because I think all of us in the 2A community realize that we're fighting an uphill battle. And a lot of people tend to be apathetic, as we've talked on your program before. I think a large of that is because they don't know when we're actually getting some wins and some successes. You know, we've had the win this year. That will remind everybody of Freedom Week when they were able to get their um, standard capacity magazines, which are, have been inappropriately called large capacity, which they're not. They're just standard, but and, they were able to finally get those. Any estimate as to the orders that came into California that week? Yeah, that was well over 1.4 million. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but now there is something additional that is just incredible. So over the past decade, we have seen a decline in the number of public ranges in California. They have been closed down from all sorts of different methods, from NIMBYs, which are, so your listeners know, those are the people that say, not in my backyard, you know, they move and find out there's a range and go, oh my gosh, the range just suddenly appeared and it was there before they ever bought their home or property, um, all the way to anti-2A politicians. And part of the, the barrier has been coming up with the funds to either clean up existing ranges or build new ones or make those available to the public. And uh, it's sad because you know, at that same time period, we watched what are known as Pittman-Robertson dollars and the to simplify a pretty expensive bill that came into effect in the 30s, that is a bill that, like, when you go and buy this rifle or when you buy your ammunition or a lot of other accessories for being out in the outdoors, a portion of those monies go to the federal government and then reapportion back to the state to handle things such as wildlife restoration and target shooting, marksmanship, um, people to be able to train to be better hunters. And stuff, and this is so critical. Why I say all the time that we we can't bifurcate and look and go. Well, I don't hunt, so I don't care. No, because the skill sets you use for your three gun and your target shooting and all those things that you do are applicable to hunting. And this is where the payback is, folks. The payback is we just got the president to sign what was known as House Resolution 1222, um, which is a, a great little name because it talks about 12 gauges and 22 rifles and everything in between. That's why that had that number. But it, what it did was it amended portions of that Federal Aid and Wildlife Restoration Act, known as the Pittman-Robertson Act. And it did two critical things that have become a major game changer because it caused the third one in this state. So prior to this and the existing status quo, the problem was this felt if you and I wanted to repair a range or build a new range for the public, we had to go through multiple government agencies to do it, many of them which had no desire to work with us to begin with. Second, we had only two years. Many of them or all of them, right? Well, many, most of them. And and part of the problem was you didn't have any interface between state and feds. And you and I would have to come up with 25% of the money for whatever the project estimate was before the government would kick in the 75%. And had to get that done two years. And anybody that's worked in a state knows just the planning process to get to the meetings is 18 months. So as a result, nothing got done, and literally millions of dollars every year went back to the White House, and 
you know, the president got a discretionary fund. Well, that happened in the first year of Trump, and Trump's like, why am I getting this money back? Why isn't it being spent? Actually asked that question. And Duncan Hunter of San Diego in California, one of our representatives, and Ron Kind out of Wisconsin, Rob Bishop out of Utah, formed a group, went in with the back of the Congressional Sportsman's Caucus, the NRA, the CRPA, and others in this state and a couple other states, and explained why that was happening. And so now what has happened is it's a 10% threshold. We only have to come up with 10% of the money, and the government is going to pay 90%. And they extended the window to a five-year window to get everything done. And, and this is the big kicker, you know, a lot of people, and I've been criticized a lot for all the work I've done with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. It's like, why? Well, the CRPA should, has no business of doing that. Well, here's the payoff, folks. It is the California Department of Fish and Wildlife that has been assigned to be the sole group to work with groups like the CRPA who have been working with youth groups and other groups to start looking at ranges up and down the state. We've already been contacted by the chief and said, hey, get me 12 to 18 ranges that you want to start off with. Let's get those in the queue and let's do this every year and let's get these ranges up and running and funded. So what is it that uh, you're identifying areas for ranges or people have wanted to build a range and they've been areas stopped? Areas for ranges, ranges that had to get closed because maybe there was a lead abatement issue and they couldn't come up with the money. Now we can fix it because now we have the money. It's all sorts of issues like that. So we have already got some phone calls, so we know there's a lot of ranges because we've been monitoring how they've been closed and been fighting to get those ranges open. But now... Um, if it's a public range and it contributes to the area of people learning how to be better marksmen so they can be better hunters, um, and then, if they don't hunt, that doesn't matter because it's open to the public for them to be able to do that, they qualify. And we're in the position in this state to be the ones to help get those done. So this is something that we had been working on. We had built a department and division up that's been going out to ranges for the past three years in preparation for this because we were hoping we would get it, and we got it. And it's part of what I wanted to share with your people is this isn't something we grandstanded about or talked about or, or ran up and down the flagpole with everybody. It has just been the staff here and the board of directors working on this quietly, patiently, pushing, going through countless meetings and pushing this up at a national level and fighting well beyond our state borders and working with other congressmen to get this through and finally got it through. So, you know, we had we had that exact same thing happen here in many places, but one of them in particular in the Inland Empire was the Inland Fishing Game. It was in North Redlands. It was a 200-yard range. It was awesome. It was three miles from my house when I lived out there. It got closed down because somebody bought land next to it, and then, you know, the lawyer fight happens, which right. just it's horrid to see that happen. So they were destroyed. This is a, a, somebody who had been out there for like 70, 80 years, and they were taken mm-hmm. out, and, and uh, we need to stop that. And to be able to right. open, reopen those ranges, that would be awesome. Oh, and you know, we have one up in uh, Northern California just outside Marysville, and it's the same thing. It's been used by scouts and 4-H and FFA, but there hasn't been somebody out there to ensure for safety. So, of course, you know, the antis have ran that up the flagpole. Part of what is allowed under here is money is to be developed and be paid for, that we paid for when we buy our stuff, but to come back and fund someone to be there at that range during normal business hours to make sure it's safe. That's awesome. Hey, folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back with Rick Travis, Executive Director of the California Rifle Pistol Association after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step 
and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, Father's Day is tomorrow, and the question is, what did you get, Dad? Did you really get him another necktie? God, I hope not. You need to rethink this in a hurry. You still have time to get Dad down to Bullseye Sport and put that hunting gun in his hands or go yourself. Get Dad a gift certificate in any amount and let him pick out his own toys. Stock Dad up on ammo before July 1st and when the full effects of AB63 kick in. Now take advantage of some great deals by placing your prepaid order on great brands like Magtac, Cellular and Bellet, Federal and Winchester for more information called store. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, then Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Check out their website, bullseyesport.com. That's Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo on Brockton between Arlington and Central in Riverside. 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. Hey, uh, guys, this is the this is it. If you don't want to be registered for ammunition, uh, this is at least until the California Rifle and Pistol Association gets this thing overturned uh, you need to buy your ammo this month so i have actually reordered or placed an order with vents for an amount of 22 long rifle um, something i can't reload so you know i would suggest it get it early get it often unless you want to be in the registration and deal with whatever california doj is is going to be disorganizing for that feat matter of fact why don't we pick it up here i've got rick travis executive director California Rifle and Pistol Association. Rick, is the DOJ ready for their July 1st deadline? No, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that we're doing to try to help everybody is on the 26th of June at 12 p.m., we are hosting a webinar 
with our attorneys available to anybody that wants to sign up for it. And I will send a, um, a link out that you can put on your website, and we'll have that obviously at crpa.org. But it is designed to help people know what they need to do to navigate through this because they are not ready. They are not prepared. And uh, this is going to be um, very, very painful until they get it. And so we can't launch any lawsuits till after the 1st of July, but we're already prepping for that. And uh, so I just want everyone to join on that webinar because rather than get all the misinformation that he said, she said, get the facts because these yep. attorneys have been fighting with the uh, – Department of Justice, which is nothing new for us. Yeah, so I'll actually post that on our Facebook group. So uh, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. You want to be inside the Facebook group. It's easy to do. Uh, go to Firing Line Radio Show on Facebook and click visit group, ask to join the group. I'll put you in there. That's where the link will be. You want to make sure that you get that information. It's free, but want to make sure that you get that information. So, um, our Amogeddon is what we should probably call this one, right? On June 30th, the way we've been purchasing our ammunition disappears. And under the law, I know they're not ready for it, but what are they stating that we have to do at this point? You're going to have to get a license and a background check. And then what's going to happen is they're actually going to look at what you do or don't have. Registered um, with them. As far as firearms. So, for example, maybe your your granddad handed down an old Model 19 Smith & Wesson, you've had it, it's legal for you to have, but you never went out and bought anything else that's 38 or 357. So, you know, you go and you get your license and you go to go down to try to purchase something, an ammo, and they go, uh, sorry, you can't purchase 38 ammo because you don't have a firearm with that caliber licensed to you. Well, that and doesn't sound like... this is a backdoor like... trick to try to force you to have to register everything that doesn't sound like backdoor registration no couldn't no. be that no we talked mm. about this when they first brought it up and i brought up that exact or an additional point. tax wait california tax you yet again oh. tax them early tax them often um yep. and so well fortunately they're not on to reloading yet but um i'm sure that'll be popping up around oh they're trying and we keep trying to block it yeah how so far yeah, exactly. So um, think about that, guys. Do you want to go through all that, that nastiness? Number one, you should be a member of the California Rifle Pistol Association and Gun Owners of America and the NRA and everybody else who's doing a good job out there. You need to support those groups, and you need to get active. And you need to tell the people at your work who are in slumber zone because, you know, Game of Thrones is over. They don't know what to do with the rest of their summer. Um they can get involved in this. They can start writing letters because it takes heat in legisl in uh, Sacramento to change legislation. The Democrats are so sold out to this. It's disgusting. We saw, was it Gabby Giffords or no, no, which one is it? Uh, Shannon Watts, Mothers Against, you know, big article came out last week. Hey, we're winning gun control. We're winning. We're winning the hearts and minds because we're controlling the four-year-old to 12-year-old group. And right. as, as they're coming out of high school, you know, they're they're opposed to everything. They like guns on Call of Duty, but that's about it. All right. All right. So as of as of June 30th, we really don't know what's going to happen as far as ammunition sales. Is that correct? Uh, for the most part, it's pretty correct right now. We have some ideas, but that's why we have this meeting because – it changes almost daily, Phil. I mean, 
And DOJ keeps releasing an update after an update after an update. And every time they release an update, we all raise questions, and then they're like, oh, new update. So <laughs> that's, why we have, that's why we have this um, webinar on that date, because then we'll have the solid information, and then people will be able to sit there and say, okay, now I know what's going on, and I'll know how to deal with it. But in the meantime, I agree with you. Like, if you have a place that you can go buy ammunition and you know what you need to go get ammunition for, you got to get it now because if you wait and that gut firearm with that particular thing isn't registered, you're not going to be able to buy it. Yeah, it's just going to be a nightmare. Just pick it up. Buy early, buy often. You know, and, and obviously, we want you to obey the laws. We just want the laws to be corrected. So, you know, don't, don't think... Oh, we're just three hours away from Arizona. I'll go do what I want. Don't, don't go down that road. Just do nope. things the right way. Um, you, you just don't want to be that guy with a test case, right? Uh, the California Rifle Pistol Association, Michelle and Associates out of Long Beach, they don't need any more test cases. Don't help with that. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy because you have an, a government with an unlimited resource in the legal department that would love to crush you. You've got Gavin Newsom as the governor. You have Xavier Becerra as our attorney general. If they have a way they could take somebody here and just make their life miserable because they bought a 500-round brick of ammo in Arizona and came home with it, they will do it. I would do not put that past them. So don't be that guy. You know, I'm, I'm talking about this stuff on the radio all the time, and, and I'm running my big fat mouth, which I do often. So I have to make sure I've got everything lined up perfectly. We have no issues in the name and home. The bat cave is A-OK spot on with everything. Because if I do have a knock on a door, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy that films them and says, okay, have a good day. Go eat a donut. But not, not getting a perp walk because we just don't need that in our lives. We need to obey the laws, work through the court systems to get them overturned. And that's why you support the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Hey, speaking of that, tell me some good things you have going on, Rick. Well, in addition to what I said earlier, which was a pretty big thing. Big thing. We're also expanding things up and down the state when it comes to the, the summer youth camp series. So we're working with California Waterfowl. And uh, as a result, we have 10 different camps. Most of them are in Northern California this year. Um, but those camps are filling up fast. You can find information on our website. So that's one of our outreach programs. We also have um, So what do, they, what do they do programs. at a camp? Let's, let's talk about that for the youth. <clears throat> yeah. So, hey, I've got, um, I want to get rid of my kids for a week in the month of August. What, what would they be doing? So there's two different levels in the camp. Um, one level is, for the kid that knows nothing, you know, your kid all of a sudden decided to come out of the clouds and um, try to learn how to be a hunter or a marksperson, they go to camp. And for the first four days, they go through basic firearms training, learn how to shoot a pistol, a rifle, a shotgun, and archery equipment. And then um, at that point, the kid can go and do one, two tracks, a track that is designed for them to learn how to shoot competitively. And they'll work through generally some of the NRA Winchester um, metal systems to try to get them up towards a distinguished marksman. Or the, the other option is the hunting track where they'll go through Hunter's Ed. They'll learn um, some basic hunting techniques, and then they go out and they shoot um, upland game birds that have been authorized by Fish and Wildlife and have been planted in the field, and they work with dogs. Then they learn how to uh, clean that game and process it, and then they, as their families come to pick them up, they have a lunch 
prepared with what they have taken in the field and serve it to their families. And so they leave as licensed hunters who have actually uh, went through the whole gambit. I think that's awesome. Congratulations on doing that. We're going to talk more about what the California Rifle and Pistol Association is doing, the victories, the victory show, right? Fourth of July is coming mm-hmm. up here. We're going to celebrate our, uh, our rights and the victories. And then we're going to let you know that, hey, it's not over. Obviously, we're here in California, the People's Republic of Occupied California, and we are fighting from behind enemy lines here for the Second Amendment. We'll tell you more about what we're facing, what we need to do to fix that when we come back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, Mulan Lave Saturday. This is Philip Naiman. You know, talking about Mulan Lave. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I don't speak Greek, but that's the way I'm pronouncing it. Um, I say that because somebody commented to me as screwing up the words. Anyway, <laughs> that's the that's and in, in, in the People's Republic of Occupied California, that's the way it gets pronounced. And uh, with that attitude of Mulalave, let's tip our hats to the little city of Needles, California. They broke some news this week. Rick, you want to tell us about what happened in Needles? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's starting to become a trend. So for our, everyone listening, we all remember when the, the state here realized that they wanted to um, have sanctuary cities for illegal aliens. They stood up to the federal government. And, you know, one of the things when people get really upset about that, I said, realize that can be turned and used against them. And Needles stepped out and followed um, another group that I'm going to talk about in a minute that has been doing some stuff in the background. And they voted to make their city a sanctuary city. And I believe, um, I'm just double-checking the number really quick so I don't say this right. Yeah, but it's uh, an exemption to California's gun laws for the city of Needles and within a 65-mile radius of Needles. And it would allow reciprocity of concealed weapons permits with Nevada and Arizona in that zone. Which they border or very closely border uh, uh-huh. uh, Nevada up there. So think about this. You've got this little city of Needles. um Standing up to the state of California, I think it's fantastic. It's a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Now, when I read, they are talking to their their 
their proposal is to have the sheriff, I don't think they have a city, I think they have just the sheriff out there, not enforce California firearm laws. Now, I don't think what they're talking about is saying, okay, if you're a felon with a gun, we don't care. What they're talking about is more along the Prop 63 lines, the AW definition lines, the ownership laws that have been onerously put against us here in the state of California. That's what they're talking about. Not, okay, there's a an ADW, uh, we're not going to go after that because there was a gun. That That's not it. Crime still gets prosecuted. It's these bogus laws on the books that are anti-constitutional, that are dealing with the ownership aspects, putting burdens upon the citizens that shouldn't be there, according to their Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States that we're going to celebrate on July 4th. Um, that's what they're talking about on that. Isn't that correct, Rick? Yeah, and this is part of a greater movement. Um, there are three states that have became, um, and a fourth one that's poised that probably later this month looks like they're going to vote this way. So Alaska, Idaho, Kansas, and possibly Missouri will become Second Amendment sanctuary states. Alaska, Idaho, and Kansas already have done this with Missouri voting later this month, and it looks like the votes are going to be overwhelmingly in favor of that. But in addition to that, we have... Like New Mexico, which is is not you know an overly conservative state by any stretch, but mm-hmm. 29 of the 33 counties in New Mexico have opted for Second Amendment sanctuary status. Majority of Colorado, majority of Illinois, and majority of Washington state have done it. Yeah, majority of the territories, um, but I mean, like with Colorado, everybody that lives outside of Telluride, Denver, Denver and Boulder um, are, right. are normal thinking people, but those three areas just run the whole state. But this is what's been interesting is, like, even here in California, and we get that argument probably more, mm-hmm. our own California State's Sheriff's Association has 58 sheriffs in it, 53 of which voted for sanctuary status and actually sent a letter to the vice president stating that both under Barack Obama and under our current administration. So we're looking at that, that that is huge and they're they're releasing more CCWs up and down the state which has been great we've had several sheriffs who lost their their positions in the last election were elect, elected new sheriffs who are issuing more CCWs yes yes and here's the part that people forget LA is obviously anti CCW anti the second amendment as a government but the almost the majority now of people that work in the city of Los Angeles do not live in the county of Los Angeles. They commute in. And as the border counties that are now issuing CCWs, and those CCWs are allowed to be used in L.A. County. And so there's a mounting resistance to the antis who have been fighting and thinking they won. And I think that's why you're seeing so much in the media of them you know, showcasing kids, as you and I talked earlier, offline, and other groups to try to give this optic that they're winning, but they're not. The push and the fight back is happening. And the fact is, if I could get people to get out of their armchairs and couches and to stand side by side with us and actually you know, put their time and our money where their mouth is, we can win this. This is very winnable. You know, we've been we've been singing that song, and it is winnable. And it's just, if we lose, it's a shame on us for not getting involved here. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. in the Civil War... There was the Mason-Dixon line, or there was the compromise where there was slavery on one side and freedom on the other, right? Well, I think what we have here is the San Andreas Fault Line. Everything west of the San Andreas Fault Line is going to be a Second Amendment war zone, and everything to the right of San Andreas Fault Line... (laughs) 
it's going to be the freedom area in, in the state of California, maybe even in the in the nation. But it's just you know to keep talking about the big ones coming, and it, maybe if we can just get that left side of that fault line to slip into the ocean a bit. You know, we might have a chance here in California. I'm just thinking. Number one, I'd get beachfront property. You'd have to swim, but I'd get some beachfront property, <laughs> and we could. Thanks for looking out for your brother, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> we we have boats. We'll look for you. <laughs> but it's right. it's kind of funny, you know. I mean, just that that coastal area controls so much of California, and you know, people like uh, Geffen and and Spielberg who are just. Uh, Tom Steyer, who billionaires who are throwing tons of money into this war. And what we have to do to fight is we've got to stand up and get everybody you know registered and teach them how to vote the correct way, because that's where we're failing. But I want to tip the hat. I mean, you have a new sheriff out there, Chad Bianco, who is working his oh, rear end off. He's, he's coming on the show next next weekend. I have him yeah, on the show and, next and, week. You know, and, and I have the utmost respect for everything he's doing to get more CCWs out there. You know, in his county, tips, you know, the border of it tips with L.A. County. But then you have, you know, the new sheriff that replaced Hutchins here in um, Orange County, Sheriff Barnes. And he is extending the number of CCWs beyond what she had done and fighting back. And so you're starting to see the, the border counties, like I said, of L.A. County, where a lot of their workers go into. They are actually doing the best. I mean, if you were to look here south of, you know, the, the grapevine that separates us from the center part of the state, the number one issuing sheriff is Barnes, and he's over 20,000 CCWs. Wow. And when you compare him by population across the state, he's a hard guy to beat. And you got Chad Bianco who is saying, hey, I'm going to beat him out there for you guys in the Inland Empire, which will put him definitely, as far as population density, as being the most aggressive guy issuing. So I, we, we've got both of those sheriffs. You've got your sheriff in San Bernardino. Yeah, John to, McMahon, and, he's very pro-Second yeah, Amendment. McMahon has been very pro-Second Amendment. you got Kern County, where you got you know Youngblood, who's the sheriff up there just on the other side of Grapevine. So there's a lot of pressure. We're even seeing Sheriff Brown in Santa Barbara starting to relax and, and open it up. I mean, not in the numbers we would like to see, but he is making movement. You know, And we have a, a huge conference coming up in Sonoma. You know, That's in the Bay, where people said no way, because that was like the bastion of liberal stuff. They're sitting there saying, yeah, we want to have a conference, and they're issuing more CCWs. So you start to look at, at the movement that is happening where people are getting involved. And we just got to get more of our people to stand up because, like I said, the only way we lose this fight is because our own sat down and did nothing. Say it again. I'd just like to, like to hear that because I'm tired of saying it. The only way we're going to lose this fight <laughs> is because our own people don't get up and fight with us because they don't have the numbers to win. I mean, I say this all the time. People have to realize that even DOJ admits there's 8 million people over the age of 21 that own firearms. We are a state of 38 million. And just so you and know, when you look at how many people vote, it's never 8 million. So, like, if we all just showed up at the polls, we own it. So last year, or not last year, two years ago, I think, was it 4.6 million people voted for right. Hillary Clinton? Right? So that's the level of commitment. But that's on, not what happened. 4.6 didn't vote for him. She actually got 7 million votes from our people who didn't stand up and vote. Right. And that's the part that I want to really push to people. 
she got 7 million free votes because our people had a fatalistic attitude and didn't show up. How do we overcome that? I mean, it, it's like a mindset. I mean, you go to the range and guns are, oh, well, I'm, I'll be I'm front, moving. I, I'm probably more hated than you because of the number of times I've confronted people at gun shows and ranges and said, quit whining if you didn't vote. Well, I'm going to take up that challenge. We're going to do some more of that. And, and this crab crud about I'm moving to, to Arizona, I don't care. Look at Arizona. They've got two wackadoodle senators. You know, oh, and, and look what's happened to Texas. All the people that said, hey, I'm moving to Texas. Well, along with that, so did a lot of the other people that were your neighbors. They moved to Texas, too, and Texas was having the same fight. And Texas was a liberal state until about 10 years ago when Rick Perry got in. So, yeah, exactly. Folks, Philip Neyman, Fireland Radio Show. We're getting amped up now. Come back uh, right after these commercials. We'll be here. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. And to register the voters. I think that's what we need more in there. Folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Hey, check out our Facebook page. Um, actually, our website, firinglineradio.com. Our podcasts are there. If you subscribe to the podcast, I am giving away. Check this out. Macmillan, MC3, polymer stocks. I've got them on my rifles. They are freaking awesome. They're a great stock. I'm giving these things away to random people who have subscribed to the podcast. How do you do that? You go on the website. You scroll down to where the podcasts are. Website's at firinglineradio.com. You click the little subscribe button, and there you go. That's how hard it is. It's all free. Somebody's going to get a great uh, Remington 700 polymer stock Macmillan MC3. Rick, you want one of those, don't you? Yes, I do. Hey, this is Rick Travis, Executive Director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. We just got a little amped up at that last session here because here in California, we've got to fight. We have to fight. We are the loyal opposition. We are behind enemy lines for the Second Amendment. And I mean this. We are in occupied territory. And so it is important that our soldiers, who are our voters, show up. And this attitude of, I don't care, I'm moving to Texas, all that does is dilutes Texas. Texas was a Democratic state. Ann Richards in the 1980s ran that place for like 20-something years as governor. She was absolutely anti-gun. So this whole notion about Texas being the greatest place only occurred after Rick Perry um, actually became governor. And and he was actually a Democrat for a while and anti-gun. And then some of the light shined in his eyes. You want to tell that story there, uh, Rick? 
Yeah, that was that was after Luby, um, the, Luby the big shooting at Luby's. Yeah, yeah, that was that massacre in Kylene, Texas, that happened. It was after that, and one of the girls that was there with her parents, who were victims, uh, I think if I remember right, it was a uh, Susanna Hupp. She was there, and her parents were killed, and her she had to keep her handgun in her car that day, right outside the glass window from where he had ran his Ford truck through. And when she got on there, and it was, I mean, she was the quintessential girl next door and said, hey, had I had my firearm, I couldn't have saved any, everybody, but I possibly could have saved my own parents. That story became not just a Texas story, but a nationwide story was produced in quite a few places. And the the voters showed up by the droves. Gun owners actually got out of their chairs, actually started unseating people. And some of the smarter politicians like Rick Perry very quickly switched sides and uh, marched up the, the ladder on the Republican side fighting for, you know, the, the Second Amendment in that state. And I, I want to make sure there was also Democrats that were fighting there. It wasn't strictly a Republican thing by right, any right. of the imagination. But, you know, they, they fought up and, and switched sides on that issue, and Texas went to the way it's been. But now you got people, you know, moving into Texas, a lot of them from California, and uh, are now bringing their same attitudes of, hey, we shouldn't have, you know, firearms. And so, you know, the legislature there in Austin is having to have this fight because people forget why those laws got changed. Yeah, absolutely right. And, you know, look, there's no safe, there's no safe place, right? Texas, you have Sheila Jackson Lee as a congressperson. She's as radical as they come, and she's right there centered in Texas. She's not going anywhere. You know, she's got a very safe district. They'll always have those kind of people. Uh, there's two bad senators from Nevada. There's two bad senators from Washington, two bad senators from Oregon. I mean, we run into this, so there's no safe place. You might as well stay here. The weather's better. Let's win this. Let's get our Second Amendment rights restored, and then we'll work on taxes. <laughs> well, and you got to remember, the Founding Fathers, that's why they said what they said. You know, it's like... <laughs> I can't believe when people love to quote, you know, Washington and, and Madison, these guys, they also forget all those guys were the same ones that said, and you can't trust the government ever. Right. Speaking of that, let's talk about the bears. The bears. Uh, how's, like, the bears. how's that segue, right? <laughs> bears in California. We lost a lot of bear hunting privileges in the state of California. We fought against that, but the Humane Society of the United States, uh, HSUS, uh, the Hypocritical Society of Urban Snobs, they uh, they won their way. And so you weren't allowed to hunt dogs, or hunt bears with dogs. You weren't allowed to hunt them with bait, which are the two critical ways. And the number of bears hunted per year dropped dramatically, or taken per year by hunters dropped dramatically because of that. And what happened here, Rick? So there's a thing called carrying capacity, which is how much um, of a certain type of animal that the land can handle. We were told during those debates and during that fight by the top bear biologist in the country who happened to work in California at the time that he could go home because they didn't like what he had to say when he said, look, dogs and hunters have had no negative impact on bear population growth ever. But HSUS was able to you know, bring you know, little school kids in and cry for Smokey the Bear and every other bear that they could think out of cartoon land, and, you know, the public went, ah, and so as a result, as you said, we lost those abilities. Now, we have a problem. We have about 15,000 more bears than we should in this state, and as a result, some bears are starving. They've overpredated, you know, deer and other sensitive populations throughout the state. They eat the fawns. And, they, they like, they like yeah. to find the fawns. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And the feeding on the there. fawns. Yeah. I mean, for example, I know on our black-tailed deer up in the Mendocino coastline, we lost 90% of the fawns, according to the Department of Fish and Wildlife, this last season. Only 90%? 90%. Yeah. 
Sounds like yeah. wolves. Right. And in the, in the future, you know, you're used to about a 30% loss. So in the future, it means there's going to be, eventually be no deer if that's not changed. And the change isn't a natural change. It's a man-made change that was sponsored by the Humane Society U.S. purportedly to save wildlife. And it's done the opposite. So yesterday, inside the Game Commission, and this was a shocking, the whole subject was brought up of, hey, in order to knock the bear population down, maybe what we should do is have hunters go in the field and bait the bears. And we all sat there and just looked at each other and said, so... When we said this was going to happen, you didn't believe us. And now the very thing that you have fought in other states against doing, which is baiting wildlife, you're saying, well, maybe we should do this in order to save the other species. And this just shows you what happens when the liberals who are uneducated and don't understand try to break the model known as the North American model of game management, which is the model that's being used throughout the world because it's successful. It has brought wildlife populations back to greater numbers than originally existed before problems arose. We've said this instead numerous, of allowing. Yeah, I'm sorry. We've yeah, said this numerous, for that. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We've said this numerous times. All the worst environmental disasters have been caused by environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And and this is why we've got to get the conservation movement back up and, and going. And this is a thing of we can't sit down and I get so infuriated with our community because our community looks when this stuff comes up, instead of standing up and speaking up and educating people, they just shake their heads and say things like, well, they're a bunch of idiots and walk away. That's not solving the problem. Explain to the people in the middle. And I keep telling people 5% of the population is against us. It's that 90% in the middle that we're fighting for, and that's the 90% we got to go out and educate and said, hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't right. We shouldn't be taking 25-pound bags of apples and dropping them in the forest to lure a bear in because, A, that's not sportsmanlike. That's not hunting. That's not what we believe in. It, it, it's amazing. So here's what happened, just so you know the numbers for bears, is the hunters were allowed to take 1,700 per year. And on top of that, there was between two and 300 a year that the Fish and Game Department took that were problem bears, okay? When they took bear baiting out, which was happening in the 80s, they still were able to take the 1,700 a year because they used uh, dogs, which is really the most efficient way to hunt bears. When they took that away, the natural kill went from 1,700 to about 1,100. So those 600 extra bears per year for the last three years that had two two cubs apiece have just shown run the numbers up in good bear land. And, I mean, there's bears everywhere. And now they're eating themselves out of house and home. We're having more and more taken in the cities and more and more taken with the conflict of people. And when the fishing game does that, they shoot the animal, they throw it in a canyon and let it rot. That's There's no use of the animal at all. If they have to be taken, which they do because we have people in wildlife conflicts, let the hunters take them that can use the, use the animal. It's insane what's going on right now. And the hypocritical society of the United States, HSUS, is at fault in this. They don't care. They're getting their 50 million bucks to put offshore in the Caribbean accounts. They don't care. It, this is a money move for them. They want emotions to feed their money machine. And uh, that's the way they operate. Rick, we've got one minute left here. I'll let you wrap it up for me. Yeah, I'll wrap it up. When your listeners hear things like the Humane Society U.S. and PETA, I know it's a, a hard argument, but here's the argument you need to make. Challenge those people on another side and say, if you believe in saving animals, why don't you go check out those two organizations? They've both been cited by the federal government for killing 99% of the animals that they claim they take in. 
Only that 99. That's it right there. Yeah. yeah. O- only 99%. They're, they're frauds. So if they're about saving animals, why is that happening? Yeah. It, it's not. It's it's a money organization. It's a power machine. I mean, whole nother show talk about the Saul Alinsky method and what these NGOs do. But uh, it, it's amazing here, folks. But I want to tip my hat. To Rick Travis, California Rifle and Pistol Association. Join them, crpa.org. I'm a member. You should be a member. He's fighting for our rights, and we'll get an update from him next month on what's going on then. Rick, thank you for your time. Thank you. And you guys have a good time and stay safe. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.